Welcome to Songs and Stories, the Not For Musicians Only music podcast. Well, already. Welcome once again to Songs and Stories. My name is Michael Gaither, and this is Songs and Stories, episode number 27 this time out. The first of a two-part talk with local singer-songwriter Keith Greninger. Now, if you're keeping up with these these shows, you recall the, the last couple of episodes were talks with multi-instrumentalist and singer-songwriter Dan Kai, along with bass player and multi-instrumentalist Steve Acello. The reason I back these shows up together is that if you're in California or anywhere along the West Coast... If you've seen Dan play, you've probably seen Keith play and vice versa. Um, Dan and Steve were formed the band Water many years ago, and they backed up Keith for a while. In fact, Keith's album Back to You, which is linked in my site, um, used Dan and Steve as the band, and they still play together quite a bit when Dan's down in the area. Keith was uh, born in the Silicon Valley, but raised in the Santa Cruz area. He's still here. And I'll give you a little bit about him. In fact, if you can't tell, I have a cold, so I'm going to keep my talking mercifully short. Uh, in 1989, he formed a trio called City Folk, along with Kimball Hurd and Roger Fuhrer. They recorded three albums. Their last album won a KFOG Radio Best of the Bay Award. Uh, he's done three CDs on his own. In fact, his latest is Glorious Peasant. And if you've been paying attention to these shows this month, you'll recall that uh, you can win a copy, an autographed copy, of Glorious Peasant. Keith has given to the Songs and Stories podcast. All you have to do to enter to win is, if you're not on my mailing list, just sign up for it. Go to michaelgather.com. It's M-I-C-H-A-E-L-G-A-I-T-H-E-R. Click the contact link and send me an email. Mention this podcast and the Keith Greninger CD giveaway. If you're on my mailing list, just send me an email, michael at michaelgather.com. Let me know who you are and that you're listening, and I'll enter you in the drawing at the end of the month. Some lucky listener will get an autographed copy of Keith's latest CD. Again, I have a cold, so we're going to get right to it. One quick story about Keith. Um, before we actually crossed paths and met a few years ago, my wife was working at a local car dealer doing office work and paging people and running the front office. And on her first day on the job, she was asked to page... Al Greninger. So not thinking and just out of reflex, she paged Keith Greninger. Al walked up, and it turns out that Al was Keith's dad. He walked up and just said, oh, you know my son? And so he said, well, no, we've met him before, but we're, we're just fans. You know, we've met since then, and it was a funny story, and Al and Keith both got a kick out of it. So about a week ago, when I didn't have a cold, I went to Keith's house in Santa Cruz, and we sat out front on a Monday morning and had coffee and talked about his musical background. In fact, one thing that I noticed talking and getting to know Dan and Keith is that uh, Dan Kai is a classically trained musician and he plays pretty much everything. If you if you heard the interview, you'll recall that uh, listing what he plays took up about half the show. Keith, on the other hand, is a guy who started playing guitar because he wanted to sing. I think around the age of 13 he started playing and he just learned as he went along. And while both Keith and Dan are very accomplished musicians, they come from completely different backgrounds, and I think that contrast helps them make the music they make so well together. So let's chat with Keith, and before we get to that, I want you to hear a track off his latest CD, Glorious Peasant. This is off the CD that you can win if you enter the contest. Uh, this song won the Telluride Troubadour Songwriting Competition in 2005, and you're going to hear the guitar that Keith won in the second part of this interview. 
this is a song called Breaking Through. Yonder come all of the prophets and the seers Fools who want to rule the promised land We're Gonna judge all of our reckless behavior With the money in their pockets Weapons in their hands And mama spread your arms around the helpless and the weary Give them strength to hold on to what's true if the walls will come down, they'll be brought to the ground By the sound of our love breaking through Yeah, breaking through There's one heart, you know, it's pounding in the distance Sometimes it's all I can hear like the beating of hooves upon a cold northern prairie What's up the ancestor just whispering in my ear At the still edge of dawn, you know I'm poised for surrender Hoping that my breath won't scare you When the sun meets our eyes, ain't gonna be nowhere tonight From the light of this love breaking through I wanted to start with a story I've heard you tell before about how your family wasn't musical and you were sort of the only guy doing it. Is that true? Yeah, it, was, it is true. Um, well, I mean, nobody in my family plays music. Mm-hmm. Um, and what and went wrong with you? <laughs> That's a good question. <laughs> you're not selling cars, you're not... You know, I was thinking about that yesterday. Um, actually, I don't know why it dawned on me, but I was just thinking about how everybody... You know, my personal belief anyway, and it's just that, you know, we all have these things inside us that resonate. I mean, they're just, it's almost like a little, you know, a little chip that the creator puts in us, you know, when we, when we come into this world. And, and I don't even know that there's any explanation for that. You know, I think that every one of us has this thing that it just comes very natural to us or, or we're drawn to, I mean, for some reason. And, uh... And hopefully, you know, we all get lucky enough to find it at some point in our life and know what it's worth. For me, music was always kind of like that. I was just thinking the other day about, I was listening to this great old radio show. Somebody was playing these great songs on KUSP or something. And I was going, oh man, I remember this song, I remember this song. And I thought about the power that music had for me as a kid. Mm-hmm. You know, just how much I loved it. I just loved, you know, I mean, we didn't really, we didn't have a stereo in the house. But we, we, I would, you know, the times when I heard music was usually driving around in my parents' car, mm-hmm. listening to the AM stations, the old Motown, you know. Luckily enough for me, my folks did like some pretty cool music, so I got to hear, like, some really good old Motown stuff when we'd be driving around. It mm-hmm. wasn't just the, you know, uh, kind of white bread stuff. So, but I just remember loving it, man. I just mm-hmm. remember loving the melodies and, and, and the uh, the lyrics and, and that kind of thing. So... It just, for me, I always knew, like, man, I wanted to understand this more. I was drawn to it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I didn't start playing until I was 14. I got a guitar, you know, and, and, you know, started writing right away, just making up songs. Mm-hmm. But I did love to sing before that, and I loved to listen to music. It just it was real emotional and moving for me. And uh, I don't know I don't know why I got stuck with that bug. <laughs> But once I started, it's not uncommon though. Yeah. Yeah, you know that's why I say I don't know that, I don't know that you have to come from a musical family or you know, 
I mean, I think it helps. It's like with my sure. kids now. It's interesting because. But do they play? They don't play anything particular yet. I mean, they they but dabble. They're exposed in, to a lot of music. They're obviously. exposed to a whole lot of music, and they dabble in a little bit of everything. I mean, mm-hmm. I got guitars laying all over and right. drums, and you know, and they're always, you know, kind of doodling around on it, and they sing all the time, you know, to themselves, and that's kind of what I was doing. Yeah. Um, but the thing that I think is it will be interesting to watch with my kids is that. If they decide they want to get into music, if they decide, you know, if they if that draw, you know, if that's where they want to go, mm-hmm. it's real close to their lives. Yeah. Um, for me, it was kind of a real abstract thing. You know, it was like um, you probably had to go find it. Had to go find it. Um, you know, just it just wasn't in and around my family. Right. So even I getting can totally involved relate in to it, that. Too. Yeah. It's yeah. just you know. Whereas for my children now, it's like this is just what you do. It's part of your life. You sure. Know? Friends get together, instruments come out, people sing their lives. You know, mm-hmm. they tell, you know, or they dance or whatever, read poems. Um, so it's, uh, you know, it's kind of, to them, it's it's a natural thing. For me, it was kind of a little more of an abstract thing yeah. where it's like, hmm. Yeah. So how did you learn since you were like, you had to find a guitar, you didn't have any teachers in the house? I learned by do? ear. Um, I wanted to play music so bad that, that when I finally got a guitar I learned the chords to hang down your head Tom Dooley <laughs> from a Mel Bay chord book <laughs> I think we all started with Mel Bay God bless <laughs> there you go two chords what is it I think it's a D and an A7 or something <laughs> yeah. and uh, and I just started writing songs I mean I wrote a song that so you night. started with folk songs basically and I just started with show me two chords just so yeah. I could create a, a melody and I just like I said I think now in retrospect I just wanted to sing. Yeah. I loved singing. I loved how it made me feel. I loved what it could convey. So my whole approach as a musician is based on just wanting to sing. You know, and even even today, I don't really, um, I don't read music, and I don't know that much about theory. Mm-hmm. Everything I do is just based on um, what sounds good. Yeah, what sounds good, what feels good, uh, how to convey. The emotion maybe mm-hmm. that I want to get for a certain song, and uh, and that's kind of the same with the style I've developed as a guitar player mm-hmm. is really just built around how to support myself mm-hmm. as a band, yeah, I, you know, so that I I can play either with a band or without, right. but still be able to sing mm-hmm. and get that that joy that I, I I get from singing and hopefully convey that to the audience as well, you know. So it's it's kind of just one of those things where there's a lot of ways you can approach things. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they're very uh, you know you can approach it in a very technical and tactical sense, or sometimes you can just approach it from a very emotional sense, and that's kind of where I've come from mm-hmm. with it. Um, you know, kind of a I'm not a real technical guy. I'm mm-hmm. a little more into the the spirit and the soul of it. But I I would like to go back. Yeah. You know, I, I keep telling myself I'm gonna. I'm going to go study theory and I'm going to learn to read, but it's tricky when you've kind of developed such a, you know, a certain style and you play so much by ear. It's hard to go back and retrain your mind to start having it go through the mind and the eye first. Yeah. And then get to the the heart and the hands. Well, it's kind of like when you... Probably when you when you learn chords, there's muscle memory. So you you stop looking at your hands and you make a D or a G or an A and you just start doing it. And I think, you know, if you're used to doing certain things, to go back and figure out 
okay, that's the first, the third, and the fifth that you're steering your fingers. It really kind of slows you down. It's good to know that stuff, but you're almost kind of backfilling it. You know? yeah, yeah. I've had I've had friends. But it's probably the other way too. Once you uh, once you understand theory through and through, and once you understand uh, you know that portion of music, you don't even have to think about it anymore either. That's I mean, true some too. of the best musicians I know. I mean. They know exactly where they are at all times right. on the fretboard. They know exactly what they're doing, but they play just like there's no. It's just completely spontaneous. Mm-hmm. You know? That's that's a, I admire that a lot. Yeah. You know? Well, it's kind of like when I was talking to Dan in, in the last interview. You guys did a workshop in Santa Cruz a couple of months ago, and you played for a while. We talked. We tried some stuff, and then we broke off into separate groups. And I was working with Dan, and I talked to you later, and then all of a sudden I realized that musically, you guys completely gelled but you you come from completely different directions Dan's classically trained and you've always just played and I think that's why you guys play so well together because they complement the contrast and they probably complement each other too yeah, I think that's a good point you yeah know, I, I think just, that, that day I just yeah. kind of realized these guys can come com, 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 completely different directions yeah. <laughs> yeah. well I mean you know yeah you when you talk about Dan you're talking about a guy that just you know music kind of pours out of him mm-hmm. and he's got he's got theory down pat but he also i mean he plays you know so many instruments he just has that sense of you know he's a very natural musician but now he's got and then he's got all this knowledge right and so when we play together both uh, barrels plays and (laughs) yeah well it's it's great because he knows he knows how to go either way i mean you can put him in a situation where you got to you know read music although because of his blindness he can't read music but I mean when you're sitting with a bunch of guys and they're reading charts and you're doing old jazz standards or whatever classical music mm-hmm. um, he's totally comfortable in those settings but yeah. then at the same time you know playing with a guy like me where it's a little more just intuitive and mm-hmm. and spontaneous no problem yeah. you know um, but it is you know there was some of that that went on too in City Folk when I was playing with mm-hmm. Roger and Kimball and how the, long was City Folk together? City Folk was together for I think six seven years mm-hmm. And Even uh, the occasional reunion shows still. Yeah, we still get together from time to time and play, and and that was a that was a great experience for me. But it was very similar there, where, um, you know, the, one of the guys was trained, you know, college. Roger, who's a mm-hmm. phenomenal guitar player, um, you know, had gone all the way through college as a music major and had studied classical and and that same type of thing. I think there is something nice when you get a couple different types of people playing together. You've got one guy who, you know understands all the technicalities in the theory you got another guy who's more just from just writing from the cuff you know yeah. uh, sometimes that can really i think make a nice blend yeah and uh and, but it, it it has a lot to do with the temperament of the players sure you know some people um want it a certain way mm-hmm. and other people are, are open to just hey let's let's go wherever you know let's see how this feels um it's a nice balance yeah you know the contrast is probably really good yeah yeah, like you said, depending on, on the players. Yeah, I mean, you know, some players they, you know, they they are used to a specific thing, and they, mm-hmm. you know, and that's the cool thing about the music world. I mean, you can go all around. You got, yeah. you know, Woody Guthrie, who's affected generations with three chords and an mm-hmm. old guitar, and then you, you know, all the all the way over to you know Bach and Beethoven, you know, which is just complete, you know, yeah. music that you got to be, you know, really studied to understand and be able to perform. But it's it's all still from the same art form, right. and it's all still in the end. It's just here to make us feel something, mm-hmm. you know. Like and any so, art. yeah, it's here for us to to enjoy and to feel and to express. So, 
whatever. I mean, look at the blues. You know, you got guys coming out of the hot sun in the cotton fields, you know, banging on boxes and 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 old guitars with rubber bands on them. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I mean, this stuff will never sound better. You know right. what I mean? It's like you can... So... Well, it's like when I, you know, when I was talking to Rick and Irene a, a while back, um, their, their bio mentions, you know, blues and slide. It also mentions stomps and hollers. And I go, what are stomps <laughs> and hollers? And they were talking about people coming out of the fields that didn't even have instruments. They would just do stuff rhythmically. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it's 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 in us, you know, and it's all around us. And yeah. I think, you know, that's one thing I would say is for people, I I really try to just convey to people to bring music into your lives on any level. Don't be daunted by the fact that oh, you need to go learn and you need right. to spend ten, twenty years learning. Or that you don't real... have to sound like what they do on American Idol. Exactly. It's like whatever, wherever you start from that's your place to be yeah. it's in our lives at all times and it's a gift you yeah. know and and that's one of the things i think in our in our culture that we're having to redefine for ourselves mm-hmm. because in many cultures music is not a commercialized entity it is something that you do in your life at home it gets you through your day yeah here it's been bottled and sold and packaged and pushed back in front of people's faces, right. like you said, saying, well, if you don't sound like this, or, you know, well, those people wouldn't even sound like that sitting in front of you. Right. You know, I mean, so the public doesn't have an idea right. that, that they've been in a multi-million dollar studio and that every note that they sang was comped. Went through, went through, <laughs> went through a vocal processor <laughs> yeah, and pro right. tools. And so, you know, I think that there's a lot of just reworking for all of us to yeah. do um, to bring it back to our kids mm-hmm. and to bring it into our own lives. You know, just have... Have music a part of your life. It's a it's a wonderful thing, you know. I mean, she's I was fourteen, thirteen mm-hmm. before somebody actually came and sat down in our living room <laughs> and played a guitar in front of me and sang a song. I mean, that's that's counting. Now that you know, I look back on it, I'll never forget that moment. I was mm-hmm. like, wow, man, that and was a major epiphany. It was an a major epiphany, but now that I look back on it, it, was also a major tragedy. I mean, I think to myself, well, why did it? You know, what kind of culture are we living in? <laughs> Where, where music, live music, yeah. you know, wasn't played in, and this was not, you know, just my family. This was most families at the time. Most the, families in, you know, now. I mean, America. I think I think we get kind of kind of jaded because we're so we're so into because we're so exposed to so much music. But I've had gatherings at my house, and, and the neighbors come over, and they'd seen us just playing some songs and taking turns doing little jams and leads. And I remember my neighbor Brian going. Wow, you guys all just knew what to play, and and for me, it's so common now that I think most people don't do this, yeah, or even sit and listen to it live right. like that. So yeah, and even for the for the listener, it's a real one. You know, it's a it's a great experience to yeah. be standing, just to be yeah. sitting with live music that's not that you didn't have to pay twenty dollars a ticket for. You know what yeah, I mean? Exactly. That, that's yeah. just reachable. It's <laughs> right there. Hey, these car. are my friends. We're <laughs> actually sitting out here and we're making music. Yeah. Is this legal? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> On the same line, my, my same neighbor, they had a they got a karaoke machine attached to their, their TV and and he was going, check this out. And I, I saw him like walk off by himself. He was real shy about it. And he was singing, I think, uh, along to a John Denver song. And all of a sudden, I went, Brian, you've got a really nice voice. He goes, no, I can't really, I can't really... I can't really sing. And I would, no, you've got, like, tone and vibrato. and I mean, it was a really, it wasn't just like he was on key. He actually sounded really nice. And, okay. Yeah. And he was like, I, I can't really sing. It's, it's the same thing. It's like, right. yeah, you do. <laughs> you can. Yeah. 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 Well, you know, hopefully that we all 
we can just help each other with yeah. that, you know. And it's not just music. It's funny. It's on other levels. It's yeah. like, you know, same thing. I'm that way with drawing. I can't draw, you know. Yeah, to me, drawing And then like you hang magic. out with a great artist and they're just like, you, you can draw? Come on. Yeah. Do this. You know, do yeah, that. exactly. Um, you know, it's on all levels. It's just kind of, I think, remembering that we all have license to do this stuff. Yeah. I, think, I just think the phrase, I can't, applies to too many things. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can't do that. Yeah. Um, I was going to ask you on a, a related question too. When did teaching come along? You do a lot of teaching, it seems like. Well, I actually don't do a lot of teaching. I mean, I, I, uh, I teach a few, you know, maybe a couple times a year at different okay. workshops. It was more than I, I mean, thought it was different more than camps. That. Yeah, I, I, it's funny for me. You obviously have, enjoy it from what I've from the workshops that I've gone to. Yeah, I like. Well, what I like is is exactly what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. I mean, I feel like as a teacher, the main thing that I can bring to people is just that that layman's consciousness of like just do it yeah you know i don't know anything you know whereas a lot of times you know it can be daunting when you're working with a teacher who has all this knowledge and all this experience you know Mm -hmm. um but like i said for me what i what i think you know sometimes people come to me for as a teacher is sometimes not so much about the teaching itself but it's about that the comfort level yeah. that I have with music um, in my life having not been real schooled mm-hmm. so you know that's been an interesting thing because I have had people over the years a lot of times ask me if I teach do you teach do you, you know do you give lessons and and I tend to say no I don't really teach I don't know what I would teach you know um, but as of recently I have you know people who've been you know more <laughs> persistent yeah. and have finally you know just said look this, you know I'm not looking for you know the classic teaching thing it's just like can we sit down and can we play and can you explain some things to me and that's actually worked out really nice yeah you know probably um, like pointed like how do you do this can you show me this right probably work. right and even that for <laughs> me is you know for you know anybody is funny when because when you have people ask you how do you play that and then you go i don't know how do i play yeah. that and then you got to slow it down and then you start going wow what what do i do there you know yeah. um but it's good it's good for me too uh, but yeah, I've been able to work at some of these camps mm-hmm. and and teach there, which has been great. You know, like uh, California Coast Music Camp, where right. you go for a whole week and, sisters, and teach. Yeah, there. teach up at the Sisters Songwriting uh, Academy, which is a wonderful event as well. Yeah. Um, American River uh, now has a, a nice songwriting camp that's mm-hmm. about a three or four day thing in August, and I'll be going back there and, and facilitating and teaching mm-hmm. songwriting and stuff. So, yeah, it's, I don't teach a whole lot. You know, I, I turn down a lot of opportunities to teach just because I'm still trying to understand mm-hmm. where I belong as a, <laughs> as, a, as a teacher. But I also, you know, have been fortunate to do some producing. Mm-hmm. You know, I do a lot of producing in the studio as well for people. And that's almost a similar process because it's, you know, as a producer, what I do with people is I, you know... I listen to their songs in a really raw form, mm-hmm. and then I work with them on the structure of the song if it needs to be tightened up, mm-hmm. and then kind of put arrangements to those songs and work with the artist on making sure it feels like their project, sure. you know, not not going, oh, well, we can throw this on it, you know, but more like trying to get to the soul of who this artist is. But what I'm finding, what's cool about that process is it's usually, I think, a neat process for both of us because the artist usually learns new things about themselves too and and I get a chance to kind of you know mm-hmm. kind of help them create a vision 
yeah. for that particular body of work, you know. And then I also, you know, it's, it's nice because it gives me a chance to work with a lot of the, the local musicians. Right. So it kind of benefits a lot of a lot of people at once. You know, the artist hopefully walks away with a product that's really that they can be proud of and sounds like them. Mm-hmm. But they've been able to interact with a lot of great musicians as right. well and get something that you know that they can kind of hang on the wall mm-hmm. and say, well, you know, this is these are my songs and you know, and these these are the arrangements we came up with and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Who have you worked with locally? Locally here, let's see. Um, or just in general, as far as yeah, producing. Yeah, as far as producing. Yeah. Uh, well, I've worked with uh, quite a few people. Uh, Nicky Lehman, local songwriter, the guy mm-hmm. whose who stuff that I sing some of his songs. Mm-hmm. He, he wrote Riverbanks. Oh, yeah, yeah. Great okay. songwriter. Yeah, I love that song. Um, another wonderful local singer-songwriter here who's been around for years, but it's just we're just getting his first CD for his of his own song, a guy by the name of Craig Rayburn. Mm-hmm. Fantastic stuff. And he's he was... Uh, lead singer in the Benders for many years. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Megan McLaughlin up in the Bay Area. Uh-huh. Right now I'm doing a project for a guy up in Northern California. My name is Steve Hostead. And then Nancy Cassidy, who's um, got some wonderful stuff. We've worked on a few CDs with her already. Uh-huh. She uh, she started actually as a children's musician and sold hmm. a couple million copies of a children's hmm. records. and But also just writes some, some beautiful adult stuff. So... Um, we've made a couple records with her, and I'm getting ready to start a third one here pretty soon. So, nice. so it's nice, you know. They kind of take a few a year, yeah. And but it's uh, it keeps me uh, in a process that I enjoy, mm-hmm. and it's a nice way to also make extra income here at home without always having to be touring. Yeah, you know. How often do you tour? You know, in is it mostly solo these days, or is it with a, with a band? Is it, it's kind of about half and half. Yeah. Do you like that? I mean, I do. I love it. Yeah. I love both parts, you know, because they, they call on two different parts of you. Yeah. Um, you know, financially, more and more these days, the solo stuff works out a little better just because my favorite part is to play with musicians and mm-hmm. music. I love that. Um, but, you know, we're just living in a time when it's expensive to take people out on the road. And yeah. <laughs> yeah, and, you know, just anything. It's like, uh, you know, music is an art form where until you get into the you know, certain echelons of it. It's it's a, it's a hand-to-mouth thing. Uh-huh. I mean, people who are putting the shows on, it's like not like they can hand you thousands of dollars every night. You know I mean? Yeah. So, yeah. you know, festivals, things like that, there's more money in the budget, you know. Uh-huh. So when the gigs uh, can afford it, I love to bring the band. Yeah. Um, when they're a little more, you know, smaller gigs or, you know, coffee houses or, you know, nice house concerts and uh-huh. stuff like that, then I usually pare it down to a solo thing, you yeah. know, just to, help feed the kids yeah exactly. <laughs> i brought home gas money and some food <laughs> you know? right because the guy put me up and have to pay for a hotel i'm learning how that works yeah out too. exactly yeah. yeah well we can stay here too great you know? oh yeah yeah great save yeah. some money on a hotel exactly but that's a great part of the the journey of the folk path so to speak uh-huh. is that uh it's it's a beautiful trail. I mean, there are a lot of angels out there on the trail. Yeah. And there's a lot of community, you know, where you you go and people put you up and they want to put together these wonderful shows for yeah. you. And they literally. You know, That's the water guy. Yeah. Well, they literally help you build an audience in an area. Yeah. Um, same with you know DJs. Yeah. You get a, you get a, a great folk DJ or Americana DJ in your corner. And all of a sudden, you know, 
one month ago nobody knew who you were a month later yeah you know they've got a hundred people a couple hundred people there at a show mm-hmm. and that's you know I mean, let because you know they're playing you, they like you, they talk about you. Yeah, you know what, I, you you know what I'm finding too is I've been doing this music thing for a while now, and it's it's not just the, the players. And what I'm finding, I don't know if it's folk and Americana or just the independent rap. But it just seems like people in this genre are so there's no competition. Everybody's just helping each other move it move it along. We're all kind of playing different places and different styles, but everybody's kind of like, oh, you can play here, or I got I told you about uh, I told somebody about this place you should play here, and. There's that. There's the audience. But this third piece I'm discovering is the people that are like supporting all this. You got right. the DJs. You got the house concert folks. You got people putting on little 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 festivals. And and there's so there's like three pieces to this, and it's all just for the love of music. Whether you're playing, listening, or just right. supporting it. Yeah, know? it's it's a, in its in its most innocent and purest form. It's 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 a wonderful community. Yeah, it's uh, the community of it. I mean, just like anything, there are, there are times when. It will cross that area, and everybody's trying to maybe turn it into more than it should be turned into, or whatever, or right. more than it can support. Right. But I think that's always going to be the nature and the challenge of sure. of of any route. You know, yeah. is when one guy says, "Yeah, I can, I can do this," and this, you know, and then at a certain point, you know, that that person might need to make more of a living, and they have choices they have to sure. make, stuff like that, or I need to make this. You know. Yeah. So there, but as far as the spirit of keeping music alive. There's just there's so much to be proud of mm-hmm. in the in the folk world and, and you know yeah. the acoustic music world. You know, and people are trying. You know, they just they're trying to keep it alive. And I'm always amazed at like how much work people do to bring you to their town to to make sure mm-hmm. people know about you to yeah. to keep. You know, it's appreciated a lot. You know, and it's what keeps you in the game, really, in a lot of ways. You know, mm-hmm. it's because there's plenty out there where you can get discouraged, and then yeah. and then you keep coming across all these angels just going, "Angels, we're going to keep way. this alive." You know, <laughs> angels along the way—not a bad thing to have in your back pocket. And speaking of out-of-town places to play, if you're up in the Newcastle, Auburn, Sacramento area, I know Keith is playing up at the Acoustic Barn near the end of April, and I'll put a link to that on my site. If you're up in that area you want to see Keith, I'll give you the contact information how to make reservations to go see him there. And um, I, I guess looking back, I thought that Keith taught more than he does. And it, it's funny because Keith says he's not a teacher, but if you're around a situation with Keith where it's kind of informal and there are other guitar players present, it's not unlikely that the guitars will come out at some point and he'll be leading people in songs. So I think that's where the teacher in him does come out. Once again, this is Songs and Stories, episode number 27. If you'd like to win an autographed copy of Key's latest CD, Glorious Peasant, you can set up on my contact page or send me an email. If you have any comments about this podcast, you can send me an email, michael at michaelgaither.com, or click the Add Comments button for this show under michaelgaither.com. And again, coming up at episode number 28, we're going to hear Keith play two songs and talk about the tuning, talk about the song, where it came from. So... If you're on my site, click on number 28 and we'll get right back to it. Thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.